in the mental health field too often. We've made it seem as if it's just in your head. Just in your head. The landlord can hijack the rent by 20%. That impacts people's mental health. We can have a profit-driven mental health care system if we want our people to be connected and healthy. Welcome back to It's Not Just in Your Head. In these times of the coronavirus, people realize there's a lot of stuff going on out there that is not just in our heads. It's not just in our bodies either, because we are sentient beings. And COVID is not just a physical crisis, although that's a big deal that it's a physical crisis. And there are all sorts of physical requirements of isolation and distancing, which affect people emotionally as well as physically. There are deep emotional issues that are raised by the coronavirus. And what Max and I want to talk about today is the emotional impact of the COVID virus on several groups of people because there's slight differences and we've, of course, there's all differences in people, one from another, but we've broken it down into groups. What COVID emotionally has as its impact on single men, on married men, on single women, on married women, and on children are quite different. And therefore, we'd like to discuss them separately, knowing that, of course, generalities help us look at things, but they never capture people's individuality, and we're not pretending that they do. But we are showing that if ever there were a better illustration, that it's not just in your head, that the anxiety and fear and loneliness you feel is not just in your head. It's in these times of the wave of the coronavirus in our country, which does not protect us. And so that's why we want to talk about that today. And as always, we welcome your feedback, comments, questions, protests, whatever is yours. And so first, we're going to start with the situation of single men. For many single men, they get their emotional connection and keep intact their rather stereotyped sense of masculinity by connecting emotionally with women around sex. So they have hookups with women so that they have intimacy and then could leave the next morning or have relationships with women in which they're sexually close. Sex and emotional solace are very connected within the male stereotype in the United States. Ventikesh, Professor Ventikesh at Columbia has done amazing studies in which she found that in 40% of high-end sex work, expensive sex work, all men want to do is be soothed and comforted to lie in a woman's arms, naked woman preferably, and be able to talk and relax and be soothed. Because 
emotional prohibitions are very strong for men, particularly the prohibition against fear, vulnerability, and loneliness. And so that they're often covered with sexual need when they're actually needs of all kinds, or with anger. That you can see that very clearly in the incel movement where men who are involuntarily involuntarily celibate hate women because they can't connect, because they're lonely, because they don't know how to be friends with women, because they don't know how to see women as people. And so they hate women and want to have violent sex with them. And they're the people in who, in their greatest extreme, kill women, like Elliot Rogers, who couldn't get a date and with the blonde sorority blondes he lusted after, and so he went around killing them. Or the man who couldn't get a date at his fitness studio, so came in and killed nine women at the fitness studio. These are extremes, but they illustrate a real emotional deprivation, which is covered by Jackson Katz very well in a film he wrote called Tough Guys, where guys is spelled G-U-I-S-E, about the vulnerability under toughness. Single women don't have quite that problem. It's different, but we're talking about single men now who used to be able to hook up with women usually as a way of assuaging loneliness and have physical intimacy. One of the things that's striking is I was looking up Craigslist personal ads under COVID, and a lot of them are plaintive. I can't stand being alone. Be my COVID babe. I have a house on the seashore, on the Jersey Shore. Please come live with me. It's different from discreet sexual connection in the afternoon. And that's so of gay and straight men. Another problem for men, and particularly for single women, I mean, for single men, men living without women, or another man to be their partner, is that they're not really supposed to need, and need is very frightening, and they're very needy. And they're used, a lot of single men get their needs met in a sort of casual way. They don't have emotional friends often. Men, they don't call each other to talk about how they feel. They bond with each other through doing things. And those things are much harder to do with the COVID monster around us and with our lack of protection by our government. So that guys who would work late and then hang around with their colleagues and go to a bar or join the darts league at a bar or who have time off on the weekends and are in a pickup sport, they go to the park and play soccer or ball or something like that, or are on a darts league or a bowling league 
or our coaches for kids in sports, or who invite other guys over to watch a game and bond by cheering or jeering together while they have food and beers. It's There's that kind of bonding through an activity, which is now much more scarce, because now you should not be close to people. You shouldn't be breathing on people. You shouldn't be, you should do things at a distance, unless, of course, you're in the same household. And these are not activities for the same household. And so there is a sense of loneliness that's even greater. For men who are unemployed, it's even worse because the two markers for stereotypic and unfortunately too widely held manhood are having a job and earning a living and having a woman or a male partner as a regular partner. If you don't have those, you're considered less of a man. And men who are unemployed and who don't have access to partners because they're afraid they'll die if they hook up or they don't have a woman that they know well enough who's safe are terribly lonely and feel unmanned. One of the things that single men do in their most extreme, and it's always single men who do this, is mass murder. May saw more mass murders than any other month since recorded history. There were 59 mass murders in May. So there were almost twice, almost two a day. And a mass shooting or mass murder is a shooting or murder in which at least four people are shot, not even including the shooter himself. And so that one of the ways men cover their vulnerability is with a gun. I'm a man. I've got a gun. As I might have said before, because it so impressed me, for the um, Bushmaster automatic weapon, one of the ads was, does your girlfriend or wife make more money than you? Delete your man card. Do you prefer tofu to meat? Delete your man card. And it went through a whole lot of behaviors that are not stereotyped. And then it said, buy a Bushmaster automatic weapon. Restore your man card. Now, because of the mass protests, they did take that ad off the air. But the fact that it was on the air and the fact that gun-toting is a male activity and in a map of the United States of insecure masculinity and the possession of guns was an exact copy that those places in the United States where men have the most insecure masculinity as shown by their buying testosterone products, penis enlargers, looking at porn, doing a lot of other things like that, were the exact correspondence of the gun owning states. And so that that is the worst 
outcome. Since January, 6,600 people have been fatally shot since January 2020 and overwhelmingly shot by men. Now, some of them have been fatally shot in gun disputes. But the fact that there's about two mass shootings every day is indicative of the people being driven mad and wanting to be macho and showing that they're not vulnerable, they're tough. They're tough behind a gun. Married men have a slightly different situation. There's someone around all the time. They can be less lonely. However, if their wife is employed and they're not, then they're frightened because they're unmanned. They don't have a job and their wife does. And therefore, when she comes home, they pay port even more burdens of cleaning up and childcare on her just to feel more like a man. They may make more sexual demands in order to feel like more of a man. And wives may be very angry at this since they usually take the responsibility for most of the domestic labor and the childcare. And their children are home without adequate childcare and the programs for teaching children are inadequate, and the kids are lonely and upset. And so they come home, both single mothers and uh, married mothers, come home to that, and their men, since we're talking about the situation of married men, can be more demanding and angry because they're frightened, and they want their wives to emotionally compensate for their fear. And we're all afraid because we're all in very, very dangerous hands of Donald Trump, who really doesn't have any concern for any of us. So that that, you know, men's vulnerabilities in summary around their training in not showing the emotions of fear and loneliness and fragility outside of a sexual context are in special trouble. Women have a different set of problems. First of all, it is customary for women to bond with each other through emotions. Women are used to calling other women, talking about their bad day, talking about their loneliness, talking about their kids, talking about their personal lives. Because as a woman, it's perfectly normal and acceptable to talk about your fears. A woman can see another woman in the ladies' room and say, oh, do I look okay? Is this too tight? Do I look fat? Whereas a man walking into the men's room will not ask the other men there if they look fat or if the, man there thinks, the men there think that they look okay because they have a date. No. So that women have that emotional bonding, which helps us enormously. However, single women and married women have a problem. This depression, recession, this capitalist depression, is hitting women more than men. Women's jobs, well, it's hitting women 
more than men because women are in, much more in the hospitality industry. They are the greeters at a hotel. They are the cashiers at a hotel. They're all the personnel at hotels usually. They're also the waitresses and lower paid chefs. And so that they are much more unemployed. And for single women, and we have to remember that a third of American, well, the majority of American women are single and one in four children lives with a single mother and single women are the poorest women and two thirds of the people, the women who work in McDonald's and other fast food places who are paid minimum wage are women who often have children and are terrified because their children are home alone, because they can't afford a babysitter, because there are no programs for children like there are in Europe when people are home, because the school mandated homework on the computer won't get done either because their family can't afford a computer or the computer that the school gave them is broken or the kids just aren't doing it. And so that their children are also missing out on an education and being left alone, which endangers the children so that they have over their heads the threat of eviction because they can't pay rent and even if there's an eviction moratorium during COVID, when the moratorium is over, they'll never be able to pay that back rent. They used to count on if they have children and they're poor, and single women are the poorest Americans, they used to be able to count on two meals a day free for their kids. At least their kids from pre-K on would get a free breakfast and free lunch at school. And so that the burden economically, the burden of feeding their children was much less. And when they're tired at the end of the day and they don't really have the money to feed their children properly and feed themselves, they're terrified, terrified that, that their kids won't get enough and that they'll be homeless. And they can talk to their friends about it. That really helps. But it's not the same. All women are a large percentage of what they call essential workers. These are fast food workers, cashiers, um, hospital, low-level, low-pay hospital workers. And in spite of their saying that essential workers will get a bonus, Actually, they get 35 cents less than they used to, and they're not getting their bonuses, and they are endangered every day. So they're afraid of coming home and infecting their children. And if they're sick, they don't have adequate health insurance. They're really in bad shape. And that's so of married women as well. Married women have another grown-up to talk to, hopefully their husbands, but men are more needy and women are expected to meet men's needs so that married women have extra needy men, extra needy children, 
and the extra burdens of the assignment of being there for the children, which is harder and harder because the kids don't want to have lessons from their mothers. Their mothers often can't teach the lessons anyway, and it's an untenable situation. The mothers, excuse me, the mothers of middle school and high school children are particularly in bad shape because look, let's face it, how many of us would want to stay home with their mother through middle school or in high school? None of us, I'm sure. Even if you have a nice mom, that's a bit much. At those ages when you're learning to grow up by bonding with your peers. And so married women, as well as single women, have a really tough time. And if they have to keep working as things like home health aides, then they're worried that they'll bring the disease home so that they have that extra worry. Now let's go on to children. The situation of children is dire. They're not only missing a formal education. Children learn who they are from other children. The children who are most disturbed at clinics, I used to be a child therapist, and the kids that were the most upset were the children either who are heavily traumatized or the children of military personnel because they can't make friends. They move around from place to place all the time. Adults mainly don't see children as sentient beings. They manage them. They try to do their best to feed and clothe them. But they really don't have a sense this is a human. They're not in touch with their own childhood neediness. Excuse me, I have to sneeze too. (laughs) So they're not in touch with their kids' neediness either. They can't identify. And so children look for human recognition from other children with whom they're equal and from whom they get the recognition of who they are. Children, particularly girls, but all children nurture each other in that way. Girl children are allowed to be more affectionate with each other even through high school. When my son had his little boyfriends over, he had only one single bed, so one of them slept on the floor. Starting in second grade, when my daughter had her friends over, they both slept in her bed, and they would hug each other and hold hands and not feel that they were made less feminine for that whereas boys had a stigma attached to that kind of intimacy with other boys. And so all children are developmentally hurt and emotionally hurt because they need the recognition from other children. Special needs children have it even worse. And all children are more vulnerable because parents are angry, their tempers are frayed, and they are abused more often because parents are very angry and impatient. 
actual child abuse reports are down because the people reporting child abuse are usually not parents. They're the school that notices marks on the child. They're the nurse who to whom a child goes because they have a hurt. There are other kids' mothers who might notice that the friend that their kid has over has bruises or cigarette burns on her arm or something. But these reporters aren't out there. So the child abuse shows up only when it's truly severe. And that's in the emergency room where kids are coming in more and more injured. Shaken baby syndrome spikes with every uptick in unemployment. And by now, over 45 million people in the United States are unemployed. And so children are in very bad emotional shape and they don't have the comfort of other children or even of a grandmother who comes over to help an exhausted set of parents or an aunt or a friend of their parents who helps relieve the burden on their parents and therefore is someone they can talk to, somebody who has time for them. And these are the kinds of totally unnecessary burdens that are on men and women and children and families. And the reason I say unnecessary is because no other country in, in the developed world does this. First of all, every other country in the developed world pays 70 to 90% of the salary of any worker who's unemployed by the virus on the condition that the boss cannot fire anyone on account of COVID so that they can go out and buy things and do things. There's, they get between 70 and 90 rather than 100%, so they may have to cut back a little, but it's not drastic as it is here and dependent on all these applications and measures that are very difficult to fulfill. And they also have teachers tutor children, talk to them on the phone. They have people who are protected, go around from for the homes. They have setups where children stay apart and play outside. There's a, there's a concern which we don't have in the United States. We're supposed to be such a child-centered place. We're not at all. We don't have protection for children or anyone else. And so that people are frightened and it's not just in their heads. We're in a frightening situation here. And what we have to buoy up our spirits is an understanding of that, a protest against that, ways of making sure that Donald Trump is not reelected, like those brilliant kids who communicated through TikTok so their communications couldn't be traced and bought, had their friends all buy tickets to Donald Trump's rally in Tulsa and then not show up. Also, they realized that the Trump campaign 
cells, the stats of who they are and what they prefer that are on the application. So it also denied Trump's campaign of the money they get from selling their data. It was brilliant. People are finding brilliant ways of undermining this president who has undermined our lives so terribly. And it's not just in our heads. We're undermined emotionally also. I think one of the most dramatic ways this has come to me is by looking at the loneliness of personal ads that are not mainly sexual anymore. They're, please live with me. I'm so lonely. Please talk to me on the phone. I'm so lonely. A lot of the macho and casualness has dropped and been replaced by a plaintive loneliness. This is a real situation. It's not just in our heads.